We're talking about pursuing Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. For me to live for sport when I die is dead. For me to live for music when I die is dead. But for me to live for Christ and die is gain. In this passage of scripture, what we begin to realize is that he's building a case for the church of Philippi. For the church of Philippi to pursue Christ as individuals and to pursue Christ collectively. Because life works better. The Christian life works better. In fact, in the context, what we see in between what we studied yesterday and what we're going to study today. In verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. He says, we, I want you to, to have the gospel so much a part of your life that there's, um, there's an advancement of the gospel. There's a cooperation for the gospel. There's a preaching of the gospel. But he says, it's impossible if there's not a unity. It's impossible for you to have this um, <clears throat> advancement of the gospel if there's not a unity. But there will never be a unity if there's not humility. And what we see this morning is that Paul is pushing the people of God to have a unity that's based on humility. That there's a unity so that they can advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, when we're all going our own way, when we're all doing our own thing, it's hard to advance the gospel. If, 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 if I'm more excited about me preaching Will Galkin rather than preaching Christ, and you're more excited about preaching your name rather than Jesus Christ, What's going to happen is, is that there's going to be a, there, there's going to be a, a disunity and there's going to be a slowing down of the gospel. Does our culture need the gospel, yes or no? How many of you can think of a friend that needs the gospel? How many of you can think of something in your city that needs to be impacted by the gospel? We need to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we'll never be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ if, 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 if really we're all diverse in our, uh, excuse me, not diverse, but we have disunity and we're going our own way. Well, we um, see that this life in Christ, it just continues. Christ is our life. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So for us to have a unity, it really is all about Christ again. So, so he said earlier, I'm going to faint, I'm going to falter if Christ is not my life. For, for, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So in this passage, what we begin to realize is that we're to have this mind of Christ so that we can advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he gives us four motivations for, for unity. He says, if there be any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies. So Philippians 2 verse 1, he tells us what are the motivations for unity. That first one is this. By the way, those words if, you could translate them since. Since, uh, since you've been had this consolation of Christ. Since you've experienced encouragement in Jesus Christ. You know, look at your life in Christ. What, what would your life be if you didn't have Jesus? I mean, can you imagine waking up without God? I mean, some of us aren't uh, the best Christians, right? But how, what would life be like without God? What would life be like if there was no touch of Jesus in our life? He says, hey, since you have experienced this encouragement in Jesus Christ, 
you can have this unity that he's going to talk about in just a few verses down here. And the motivation for our unity is that, is that everyone that is in Christ Jesus, you have tasted Jesus Christ. Remember all the trials? I mean, where would, where would Paul be in jail without Jesus? Where would Paul be with all these people making fun of him and all these people preaching Christ with envy and strife? Where would Paul be without Jesus? I've got a question for you. Have you tasted of the encouragement that you have in Jesus Christ? Uh, I need a staffer. I need a counselor to, to tell me some trial that you had, but in the middle of that trial, you just knew that God loved you. How, how many, any counselor can think of one? Can, can any counselor think of a trial that you've just found that, that Christ has met you? Anyone like that? I'll, I'll let the counselor raise his hand, all right? Yeah, right there. Come, talk, stand up, talk really loud. Okay, so your sister goes through cancer, and did Jesus become sweeter to you? Right, okay. So I was a counselor at camp, and um, I, uh, I really liked this girl. She was really sweet. I mean, she was really, really nice. I really liked this girl. And then, and then the, the parents met me, and the parents were like, uh, you're not really nice, and so you can't like this girl, or whatever. And, and, I, and I just, it just kind of crushed me, but then simultaneously I had strep throat and then also I had pink eye and you ever had pink eye you ever had pink eye really bad where it's like you wake up you can't even open your eyes and I'd go in the shower and and like it would like it is it, you shower and then you'd be pulling these strands out of your eye you know and I was just so low and so discouraged and so heartbroken and I remember going to sleep and I remember praying it, 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 listen to this it's kind of funny I, I I remember praying and when I say funny I don't mean it in um it's just, it's just uh, kind of simple. I, all I could, all, the only prayer I could get out is, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you love me. How many of you have ever been in a place where you, that's all you could really pray is that God loves you? That's what he's talking about. He's like, if you've tasted of that, if you've tasted of just the sweet love of Christ, the encouragement you have from Jesus, then you should have a unity towards other believers. He says, since you've experienced God's love, if there's any comfort and love, I mean, this is the love of God and salvation. It, this is like Romans 5, verse 8. But God commends his love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the love of God in the Christian life, for nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So, so verse 1, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if, there's, if you've ever experienced God's love, if you've ever experienced the fellowship of the Spirit, I mean, how many of you have ever, um, there was some area of your life that you just couldn't change? And God did a work. I mean, how many of you have ever hated somebody? Who's ever hated somebody? Me too. How many of you have ever hated somebody, but um, God gave you the grace to forgive them? How many have ever had that happen? And you walk away and you're like, man, God did that. I mean, the, the Spirit of God did a work in my life. I mean, I, I didn't like that person. And now God gave me a love for that person. He says, if you've ever had comfort from Jesus, if you've ever experienced the love of God, if you've ever experienced the work of the Spirit, and he says, if you've ever had tender compassion, if, if there's ever been any vows and mercies, just that moving in your heart because of, of really a compassion towards other people, he says, if that's ever happened in your life, then, then he goes on, he goes, so, he goes so, so if that's ever happened in your life, then, then just have a, then, then there's really a capacity, have unity. He, he says, these are the motivations, because God's at work in your life, and God's at work in their life. God, God wants you to have a sweet spirit towards other people. But, you know, as we, we think about the essence of unity, what is unity? He tells us that you be like-minded... 
having the same love, being of, the, of one accord, of one mind. You, you see, um, that, that like-minded is thinking the same thing. It's, it's uh, that having the same love. It's a selfless love for God and others. Being of one accord. It's just one soul. It's one mind thinking the one thing. Um, how many of you can think of at least one friend where it's like you, you just think alike? Anyone got one, a friend like that? All right, um, how many, give me a staffer who's got a friend like that. Who's a staffer, who's got a staffer? You got a friend, you just think a lot of like, all right? So, so right there in the blue and the yellow right there, who's your friend? What? Okay, and so is Ethan here? Okay, what, what, how do you guys think alike? I mean, um, give me a topic. It's just like right away you're like, oh, man, I like that song. I like that song, right? All right, and what, what, what else? What other areas? Okay, and do you have any common things in spiritual things, or is it just more, you know, sports and outward things? Okay, so what, explain to me something like that. What, like, have you, ever, have you ever been reading a passage going, man, can I just share what God's teaching me? And then, like, you're, you're talking, like, dude, that's what I've been learning too. You ever had that happen? Oh, see, that's awesome. So what is there? Is, it, there's a unity, isn't there? But, but i got a question for you. Is, is Ethan just like you? I mean, does he look like you? Okay, um... Is he as cool as you are? He's a lot. Oh, he's cooler. All right, great. You, you actually did great because this is going to come up right there. That's a good job. You're, what's your name? Josh. Josh, thanks for bumping it up for me. I'm going to spike it, bud. All right. Now, what about, um, now, uh, does he like the same sports as you? Is, are you better or is he better? Okay. All right. And then uh, what's he want to do for life? So mission, and maybe like together? Oh, wow. So you guys, so you got this, you, you both are finance guys, but maybe use it as a means to get to the mission field. That's cool. All right, take a seat. So, so he's got a like-mindedness with this guy, Ethan, all right? And there's the same love. So, so you, I, I love that song, or, or I, I love, but ultimately it's to be a what? It's a love for Jesus. Do you know your best friends are going to be like friends that love Jesus? How many of you have ever had a friend that wasn't really a friend, and you always felt like you're competing with them? Isn't it a pain to be competing with people based on like, like, like shirts, like cool shirts with cool logos or like haircuts? Oh, nice haircut. And then all of a sudden they get a haircut that's better than your haircut. I mean, isn't it a pain to be friends with people that are always one upping each other? How many of you can think of at least one friend in your life that is always, it's like you're always one upping each other. Are they really a friend? Yes or no? Whether it's your fault or their fault, we don't know, but there's not a unity of spirits. But you know what's pretty cool, guys? You know what's pretty cool about, I, and now I can think of Ethan. What's your name? You know what's really cool about what Josh said? Is he said, no, he's actually better than me. I mean, you, you know what we're going to see is that, that really a, a like-mindedness is really a, a servant-heartedness towards others. Now, now, biblical unity is not uniformity. I mean, I, I mean, do you know what happens when we try to force people to be just like us? What do you think happens when people force, uh, when you feel forced to be just like another person? What do you think? There's two sinful responses. What do you think? Uh, when, when, yeah. Get mad. What do you want to be? Different. How many of you ever feel forced to be like other people and so you try to be different? Who's ever tried to be different? Have you ever noticed though that, that, that different people all look at the same as well? Like, I, I, I live in Utah, and um, there's a predominant uh, religious culture there in Utah, and, it, and it's like, a, it's, it's, well, it's, it kind of looks like this. I mean, it just kind of looks like this. I mean, everyone, 
is there they are. You know, they're just like the same. They're just the same. And we're just the same. And so you know what happens on the other half of the culture? I mean, you got this uniformity. And, and then on the other side of the culture, I mean, it's like this loud and nobody's going to tell me what to do. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to get my own tattoo. I mean, I'm going to get my own hairstyle. I'm going to get my own this. I'm going to wear this clothes. I'm going to do this. But you know what starts to happen is, is really that reaction culture begins to look like their own culture in contrast to this religious culture. You see, unity is not uniformity. And, and what happens is, is, is two sinful things. You have a sinful reaction on one side, and on the other side, you have a, a, a despising. On the other side, you have a judgmentalism. When, when everyone's trying to conform everyone to look the same, and you're trying to conform people to do the same and be the same, you can get a, you can get a real judgmental spirit, can't you? Yet on the other side, when you're doing that same force, you can have a real rebellion. But that's never been the way that God has made us. How many of you are glad that there, there's different kinds of people? Um, I was sitting in the airport. Uh, we had a red-eye flight. and We are in Atlanta. And I was sitting there for a little bit. And I was just looking at people. Did you know that everyone is weird? I mean, every single one of us is weird. Did you know that? Like, like I'm weird. Did you know that? Guys. But can I tell you something? You're drinking the same weird Kool-Aid, okay? But it's not actually weird. We're just different. We're just, it's, it's, in fact, isn't it wonderful that we can all be humans and every single one of us is different? I mean, that's why you have facial recognition software, because we're different. That's why you have fingerprints, because we're different. I mean, just imagine this. I mean, we're all different, and that's, it's beautiful. It's awesome. How many of you are glad, I mean, I, mean, I just want to ask you this, how many of you are glad that there's people that are different intellectually? How many of you are glad like that? How many of you are glad that there's different kinds of sandwiches that we, we can eat? How many of you are glad for different cultures because of food? I mean, who likes Chinese food? I mean, who likes, like, uh, who likes, um, like, like, steak baked potato food? Who likes ribs? Who likes cheese? Who likes donuts? Aren't you glad? How many of you like different flavors? Guys, look at me for a second. You know what? I love, can I tell you what I love? I love different cultures. How many of you are glad that there's different colors of skin? How many of you are glad that there's different personalities? Can I tell you something? You know what's beautiful about God? is he takes everyone from all different stripes of life and he blends them together so that we look like Jesus Christ. And you know what is awesome about this? Unity is not uniformity. It's not making everyone look exactly the same. It's not making everyone have the same personality. But there can be a unity that's based on mission. There can be a unity that's based on a mutual love. It's like, like, like I love God and I love you. I, I want to see people saved. I want to see people discipled. I want to I see people growing in grace. And there's this unity that's based on what we have in Christ and what we're doing for Christ. But there are unity killers, aren't there? Okay, straight up. How many of you can think of one person right now that's hard to live with? What is it about that person? What is the unity killer? Well, he tells us four of them. He says there's strife, or three of them. There's strife, there's vainglory, and there's our own thing. So let nothing be done 
through strife for vainglory, but lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So strife. Strife is selfish ambition. It's, uh, it's wanting to get attention. It's wanting to be in the spotlight. It's, uh, it's got, it has your own plan. Let nothing be done through strife. Uh, um, anybody know a person that just is always trying to get the limelight? And, and they're usually the guy that's funny for like five minutes. They're like, ha, 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 Sit down. You're like, ha, ha, shut your mouth. <laughs> it's like they're always trying to be the best. They're, they're always one-upping. Anybody ever had a friend that, like, you tell a story and they go, well, oh, yeah? And then they tell their story? I had a friend who would always joke when there was someone talking too much. You go, hey, that's enough about you. Let's talk about me. <laughs> so strife. It, it, it's, it's just always trying to be the one in the limelight. But then, but then there's vainglory. Do you know what vainglory is? It's, um, it's self-conceit. It's having a high opinion of oneself. It, it, that this person doesn't understand their own position. This person doesn't understand their need for grace. It's just vain glory. It's just, it's a nonstop monologue and, and about, about them. They're, the, they're the, the leading actor. They're the supporting actor. They're, they're the designer of the costumes. They're the, um, they're the producer. I mean, they're the, they're the publisher. They're the one that wrote the musical score. And the movie is about who? It's just constant vainglory. And then he says, own things. It's um, a unity killer is, is where there's just constant self-interest. It disrupts unity because it's always interested in its own things. It's not plugged into the mission of the family. It's not plugged into the mission of the organization. It hides itself when, when saying things like, I don't have time, or, or my family doesn't, or, or I don't have the money. And, and really what's going on is this person uh, has the money. How many of you have ever, uh, like, 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 like the youth group says, hey, let's go to Taco Bell or something like that. And the kid's like, well, I, I can't. I don't have the money. And then, and then all of a sudden, they're posting something on Facebook about something they just bought from Amazon. I mean, it's like, it's not that they don't have the money. They just don't want to invest it in that Taco Bell run with the rest of the people. They, they've got their own thing going. I mean, uh, have you ever noticed it in the way of family? That, that, that all of a sudden, the family wants to go and, and do something. And, and, and one person's like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, right. Guess what? Do you know most of us don't want to do what other people want to do? Do you know that? I mean, how many of you have ever had a little brother or sister say, can you play some games with me? And you rolled your eyes and you're like, no. How many of you have ever, um, you've been on the receiving end though. You're like, hey guys, and you're with your friends. Hey guys, let's go. And everyone goes. Everybody know the nonverbal No. Oh, my bird. You are so stupid. Like, when I was a kid, like, I don't know if this, this is probably not around, but did, did you guys ever remember, like, a, did, I mean, ever seen that, like, old school movie, like, whatever? Did you ever, have you ever heard of that? Does that happen today at all? That's just old school? But people would be like, whatever. Is that funny? Do you know you've got like lame-o things that you guys do that are going to be lame-o things to your kids? Do you know that? Like another one that people do, but they're like, what did that mean? Do you know what that means at all? Oh, good, good, good. You watched a couple 80s movies. Good job. Okay, so, yeah, it's like talk to the hand. 
And then they say something like, you don't understand. You're like, that was lame. Okay. But you know, we all have our own things. We all have our own things. So, so I've got a question. How many of you, you are a person of strife or you have a temptation of vainglory. Strife is, is where, where you're going to fight and hurt people to get the glory. Vainglory is just, you're just you, you just have a high opinion of yourself really in your heart and you talk about yourself. So strife is a little bit more, it's a little more edgy. Vainglory is just a persona you get off. But our, our, our own things, it's just like a selfish nature. I mean, you're just, you're just life is all about you. You're going to watch what you want to watch. You're going to do what you want to do. So let's all vote, okay? So I want to know which one that you struggle with the most. So how many of you would say, I, I'm probably a person of strife. I've got a little bit of edge to me. And I, I'm like, I kind of rock the boat in our family and stuff. And I'm, I'm a person of strife right so by the way everyone has to vote there's no no votes okay so raise your hand if you're more of a strife person raise your hand if you're more of a strife person okay raise your hand if you're a vainglory it's just like life I mean I you prima donna you know you're like the diva you're like the you're like the dude you know how many of you are more vainglory people raise your hand okay how many of you are more own things thing okay how many of you are more than one Unity killer. So what's, what's some of these? Let's talk about these guys. Strife. I'm always right. Rules of my life, I'm always right. Rule number two, just in case I'm wrong, see rule number one, right? Okay, so give me an example of how strife could take place in your life. I want to hear like two of these, right? So, so uh, by the way, we've got five more minutes of the morning session, so you help me out because I want to interact with you, okay? So, so how do you see this happen in a normal teenage summer home, all right? So go ahead. Yeah, right there. Yeah, dude. Talk loud. Stand up. Yes. Can't hear you. What? Okay. How in relationships? Okay. I'll relate. He just said, he actually just demonstrated strife. He said, you know how women are always right. But actually, what he did... All right, sit down. What he did is strife, right there. That's strife. That, that, that's actually, he just modeled it for us. So thank you, all right? Somebody else, how does it happen? How does strife happen? Yes. Okay, it, like just flat out when mom and dad say do something and you don't do it, right? Yeah, talk really loud, yes. Okay, so, oh, yeah, social media. Is there any fights that ever take place in social media, yes or no? Yes. Oh, how many ever get worn out? Yeah, all right. Now, strife, it takes place in, in just a, a, an antagonistic spirit. It kills unity, but then vainglory. I'm not arrogant, I'm just better than you. I love me, myself, and I. My three favorite people. Okay, how does this take place at school? Somebody tell me, how does this take place at school where it's just, yes, sports. I mean, do you ever see any attitude on the ball field, yes or no? Well, actually, you're not number one because, like, you didn't play one-on-one versus Steph, you know, or, or LeBron or, okay. What else? Yes, right there. Talk loud. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does, let me ask you a straight up question, guys. Everyone look up here. 
How many of you have ever been hurt because you were excluded from a group of friends that were all about themselves? Okay, put your hands down. Now let me ask you again another question. How many of you have ever hurt somebody else because you were on the inside group and you excluded somebody else? Would you raise your hand? You, you see what I'm saying? Does that, does that promote unity or does it destroy it? Destroys it. So, so vainglory, but what, what about own thoughts? It's just, it's just a consumed life. I think this one typifies United States of America. How many of you straight up, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to joke on this one right now. How many of you have ever been consumed with a game or, or your phone or a show? And, and it was almost like a who cares attitude towards other people. You know, my, my wife and I, um, we, we, we have to be careful, too. I mean, uh, with our own phones. I mean, it's like, it, it could be a lot of good things. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of uh, social media on my phone just because that's just who I am. I'm, I've, got, I've got too many things to do and so forth. But I could be texting a friend or, or there's a, an, another app where I, I speak to some people. Or, or, and I could be doing some good things. In fact, uh, my wife, she's a, she, she texts a lot of people. I mean, she's just, a, she really cares and prays for people and and so forth. But you know what? There could be times where, where like this. Do you see this lady? What's she doing? She's on her phone and, and, the, and the kid's disconnected. How many of you have ever felt disconnected to a parent? Right. Okay, flip it. How many of you have ever been disconnected to your parent because you were the one consumed with something? Okay. How many of you have ever been disconnected to a family member because you're plugged into other people's lives. And you know what? If we're not careful, even a good thing becomes a bad thing when it becomes the main thing in our life. And all of a sudden, it's a who cares mentality. That's not like Jesus, but unity builders is a lowliness of mind. It's a high estimation of others. It's looking on the interests of other people. It's a lowliness of mind. By the way, humility is not thinking low of oneself. Humility is not thinking about oneself. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better themselves, but every man on the things of others. It's a lowliness of mind. It's not, it's not constantly thinking about oneself, but a, it's a high estimation of other people. It, it's actually really praising people. It, it's loving people. It's serving people. You know, um, I've got a question for you. Do, do your siblings have any good strengths? Yes or no? You know what? Some of you, some of you are like, no, no, you're, you're, you're being full of strife. You're, you're, you're full of vainglory. No, your, your siblings have a lot of great things and, and really a high estimation of others. I love what, um, is it Josh? What he said, I, I loved how he's talking about his friend, Ethan. I love how he's talking about his friend. No, my friend's better than me. And, and then looking on the interests of others, do you know there will never be humility if you don't find things that other people love and do them just because you love them? You know, there's things that my, my kids, uh, there's things that I like to do that my kids don't like to do. But there's things that my kids like to do that I don't like to do. And if there's not, if there's not me, if I don't choose to enjoy those things, then guess what? There's, there's going to be a, a, a little bit of a, a vex, but simultaneously, if they don't, they don't lean into the things that I love. I was talking to a guy, and his dad just wanted to go hiking with him, and hiking with him, and hiking with him, and he didn't want to go hiking, and he didn't want to go hiking, and he didn't want to go hiking, and then all of a sudden, they realized there wasn't really a relationship. 
How many of you can think of at least one thing your parents or your siblings want to do that you don't like doing? I got a question. Why won't you do it? Because those other things, the selfishness, the vainglory, our own way. But you know, unity builders are when you make a choice of love to serve other people. You know what? When, when somebody makes a choice to love something that I love, even though I know they don't really like it, you know what I find? I find that there's a love in my heart. And the best example of this unity is Jesus Christ. And what do we see? Is that Jesus Christ is God. And Jesus Christ practiced humility. He made himself, uh, and, and, and he made himself a servant. And he, and he took on the form of flesh. And what happens? He dies on the cross, and he's buried, and he's raised from the dead, but now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, and at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know that the only way that we can truly love and serve other people is through Jesus Christ? Do you know the religion at the core is all about ourselves? Religion at the core is, I'm going to do good so God will do good to me. I'm going to do good so I can have a better life. I'm going to do good so, th so that, that everything is, is better for me. But at the core of religion is selfishness. And at the core of, of, of a right relationship with God, the core of a right relationship with God is that Jesus Christ, he willingly, selflessly gave himself for me so that I could be saved from the inside out and then I in turn can give myself to others the reason why some of us are so selfish is because we've never been truly converted. There's been no regeneration in our heart. And then some of us that truly know Christ as our Savior, the reason why there's such selfishness is because we've not made, we've not understood that because of Christ, I can make the choice to love people right now. How many of you, how many of you are kind of, how many of you are convicted about your lack of love towards other people. How many of you can see specific ways that you're selfish? Would you raise your hand? The question is, are you going to run to Christ?